you're listening to Rough Thoughts, a podcast devoted to the Jesus of the Scriptures and to rediscovering Him and His good news of the kingdom. You will hear testimonies, stories of the God of the heavens and the earth at work in ordinary lives. You will be presented with the grace and truth in Jesus. Get ready for the adventure. Hello, this is John from Ruck Thoughts here. Uh, I got my good friend Jordan, and uh, he's going to be sharing his story. And um, uh, why don't you kick it off, Jordan? Tell us a little about a little bit about yourself, uh, your testimony, and anything else you want to share, brother. Yeah, so um, I am currently uh, working on establishing a virtual ministry. Um. And I do freelance work from home uh, through a business called City Light Solution uh, that will eventually be uh, attached to the nonprofit as a, a, a wing of the business, as a nonprofit wing of the business. And um, I just come from uh, a background of uh uh 13 years of abuse and trauma that has uh left uh, lingering disabilities that for whatever reason god has uh allowed to continue to be there uh as uh, um like paul had his thorns um i have mine and I was saved at 17, 18 years old when I was, due to all the malnutrition, the infection that I had, um, I was three months away from my heart giving out. And um, I just came before him during a Christmas play. And then after a year of physical and mental rehabilitation, I was baptized the following year. Um, so I've been a believer since I was 19, and I'm 23 now. Um, and I have multiple certifications and that under my belt. Um, and just, uh, working on, uh, currently, um, restructuring my freelance business and adding in my own ministry, um, uh, right now has basically, uh, its, uh, title, which is, uh, uh Lantern Mountain Ministries. Uh, and it is in the process of being uh, formulated. Um, there isn't much going on right now. It's just kind of in the formulation stage. Um, I have done Bible studies previously, uh, worked in different congregational elements, doing tech support, doing teen Bible studies, doing youth group or children's group. Mm -hmm. um, so I've worked in a lot of different 
avenues over the years, and now I'm just, um, as the congregation universal, the physical congregations are in decline, um, I'm turning my efforts to a virtual ministry, um, particularly in the area that I'm in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, sadly, instead of a church on every corner, there is a bar on every corner. So there has been a decline in uh, which the scriptures said would happen, um, a decline in the morality and the um, want of a faith-based life that is truly faith-based and not just traditional or Sunday to Sunday. Um, faith is every day and every week, and you gotta um, put everything and connect to him as, you know, the vine. That's right. Um, there's a, a, a time for everything in our lives, and we have to understand what time he has us in. Uh, there's the Ecclesiastes uh, time for everything, which is one of my favorite poems in Scripture. Uh, it's what I turn to when things are going rough because, uh, you know, he uses those periods to form us and shape us uh, further into what he wants us to be. Right. Um, so that's where I'm at in my life and just trying to further the congregation forward into the time that we are in. Um, people often get confused between end times and last days. Um, we are in the period right now of the congregation as a whole, I believe, where we are in decline. And it is leading up to what uh whatever is the the final step as scripture says you know there's a, a, a final hurrah i guess of you know uh, evil versus good and right now we're just in the declining stage and all we can do as faith-based leaders is try to bring people up out of the mess and the muck and the deteriorating morality in this world um, and give them something to cling on to, uh, like a life raft, uh, because uh, it, things are only going to get more difficult. Uh, I've done a lot of study into science versus faith, and geolo geology versus faith in what scripture says is going to happen and what is currently happening in our current 
uh, areas, um, there's been, you know, reports that certain areas may fall into the sea while others may rise out of the sea, which, um, and there's a lot of storms in places that we have not seen them, uh, like snow in the desert, which the desert hardly ever gets snow. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a time when the Almighty is testing his people to see if they will endure or if they will fall victim to the worry, to the, um, immorality that is succumbing this world. And the other things that a lot of faith-based people don't understand is the Bible is not just one story. It is one continuous story of Earth's history. The details of the stories may uh, vary, but the premise of the stories of Scripture are timeless. They are a continual story of Earth's history. Um... As it says in scripture, there's nothing new under the sun. So the earth went through a change during the time of Noah. Right. It'll go through another change that many call the final days. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe the earth will entirely end because um, science dictates that there and nothing can be created nor destroyed. Uh, I do believe that the earth will go through another change period. Um, You know, the climate will change, the atmosphere of the earth will change, uh, the structure of the earth will change. Um, But I don't think uh, it will disappear entirely. Uh, of course, many of us probably won't be here to see that. But the other thing that uh, is often mistaken during these times is the idea uh, of the rapture. Now, the rapture has been uh, a traditional set for many years. But if it's if you look at it in its detail, he says we would meet him in the air. Um, meeting him in the air, uh, often from a Hebraic standpoint, from the standpoint in which the scriptures were written, uh, meant in a high place. Or it could be in the clouds, it could be on the mountain, um, but it was often a considered a high place was what in the air meant. Um, So uh, I think as believers, we have to be careful to understand scripture for what scripture says and be careful not to infuse too much traditional ideals into the scripture. Uh, because once we start uh, adding things into the scripture, then we can misconstrue what faith is, 
Right. And what the true message of scripture is. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Uh, yeah. But that I, is uh, where I'm at. Our, our traditions need a, like one of my favorite scholars who passed away recently, Mike Heiser, he said that our creeds and traditions need to get in line behind the text. You know? Right. And, um, and uh, if they don't, if they aren't in line with the text, then there is a problem. We have been doing certain things for so long that we forget, in essence, the meaning of faith and scripture. We forget what the true message of the good news is. The premise of the good news, and it was stated by the Messiah himself, mm -hmm. was to love one another. Hmm. That is the entire basis of faith, is to love one another. And that is uh, something that is severely lacking in this day and age is love of one's human being, love of life itself. Mm -hmm. um, there's just such a cavalier uh, outlook to life itself in this day and age. Um, you know, with the amount of violence going on, and over the stupidest reasons. Um, and then, you know, all the unrest with, you know, the I'm offended movement. And uh, it, it's just um, gotten to where we have lost sight of what is truly important. What is truly important is faith, family, and, you know, our own moral standing before the Almighty Father. Those are the only things that truly matter. I mean, in Scripture, it said that all other things will melt away. All other things will be eaten by moths and decay. What will not decay is our legacy, uh, our faith legacy of what, you know, the scriptures stand for. Right. The scriptures have been around for years. Yes, they have been um, somewhat transliterated or, you know, uh, somewhat changed in that aspect. Right. But if you study deep into the scriptures themselves, mm -hmm. uh, you will find the truth. Uh, as the scriptures say, study to show yourself approved. Amen. Uh, other portion of scripture, it says, seek the deep mysteries. Um, a lot of people don't uh, seem to understand that. They just want to look on the surface. They want to look at what is uh, readily of 
uh, prevalent. Rather than studying the scriptures in depthly and studying what it is actually saying, uh, because certain scriptures have a deeper meaning than the face value meaning. You know, as he spoke, uh, for instance, the Messiah often spoke in parables. And those parables had a deeper meaning than just a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, oftentimes, uh, we miss the importance of a text or the reason for that text being there because we miss the whole picture of what is going on. Um, a lot of people would understand what is going on in this day and age if they were to study, you know, Revelation or other texts of Scripture, mm-hmm. because Scripture foretold these events years before they happened. Even in the Old Testament, they foretold events throughout those texts that happened. Um, and that is one thing that the Congregation Universal is uh, severely lacking, and I think is the reason they are dying is because they are not rooting themselves in a good foundation. They're rooting themselves in foundations which are wavering from the truth of the scripture. I agree. I agree. The um, the majority, of, I would say the Western church, and also globally, a lot of the churches, um, but especially in the West, we have so many different gospels that are not gospels at all. And so many different redefinitions and reinterpretation of what Jesus said. And, um, right. There, there is a lot of, um, one of the biggest ones is the televangelists that always want your money. Mm -hmm. And that is not what the scripture is about. Uh, yes, there is tithing, but originally, Tithing wasn't just money. It was giving of one's time. It was giving of one's resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and tithing was originally done to help the Levites, the priests, mm-hmm. with their everyday living. Yep. And it was also during the New Testament to help the disciples with their everyday needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not to build extravagant wealth or anything of that sort. It was meant to care for the needs of the congregational leaders of the day um, to help them so that they didn't have to worry so much about what they should eat and what they should wear, mm-hmm. uh, and they could focus on uh, speaking the truth to those around them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that, you know, is the main attack against faith now is the lack of love towards the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we have fallen out of love with the scriptures and lost connection to the Father in the, the Congregation Universal because we have lost sight of the true meaning of faith. Um, and I think that is one of the reasons that a lot of congregations are dying. Uh, again, it's, it's just become so prevalent where they've allowed the world into the church. Um, you know, they, they got big concerts and they, right. they got, uh, you know, uh, shops like it's a mall. Right. And, you know, we've lost sight of what it truly means to worship him. Man. Worshiping him doesn't have to include, you know, these big uh, concerts in our sanctuaries. Uh, it doesn't have to include all these stores and shops that, you know, uh, a lot of congregations have. It's good to have those things if it's a ministry of the church to provide for the leaders of the church. Right. Um, but to advertise uh, a congregation as a place of merchant selling and buying was one thing that the Messiah severely frowned upon. Oh, yeah. He actually chased the merchants out at one point. Yep. And we have allowed the merchants back in. Sad but true. And uh the way yeah. it's like it's okay. You know, they, they, they don't see any problem with it. They they encourage it. You know, they um it's like it's supposed to be there, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the way Yeah, and we've lost sight of that. Yeah. Um the the congregation started out teaching under a tree. Yep. I mean the congregations are not found at buildings made of brick and stone. It is found in the people of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think the Essenes and Bereans were attacked so much after the fall of the disciples by the universal church? Because they understood that they were the first monasteries. They understood the true meaning of abiding in faith. And they were, you know, essentially the first monasteries. And then the universal church corrupted their monasteries into other things. But if you a lot of our texts, a lot of our scriptures comes from the Essenes and Bereans. Why is that? Because they understood what faith was. Mm -hmm. They understood that the worldly things didn't matter. 
So, you know, that is one thing that I cannot emphasize enough is we need to return to the root of scripture, to the root of faith. And that is one of the goals of the ministry that I'm starting. And uh, as as I've heard from uh, John here, that is one of the goals of his ministry. Yep. is to return scripture to the hands of the Father and not in the hands of the people that have corrupted it. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, just um, the scripture verse passage came to my mind and they... And where where Yeshua is uh, teaching, I think in John six, and he says, "And they will all be taught by God, um, and anyone who has learned from the Father comes to me." Or something. I, I'm I'm misquoting, but the the idea is that that you know, learning from God directly. We don't need an intermediary. You know, we're learning from the Father. You know, we're learning about Jesus directly from God, and um, and. And we come to him; he draws us to to Jesus, um, and it, you know he teaches us. And what does he teach us? He wrote it down; it's in his word. You know he 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 gave us he gave us a, a worship manual, the Torah. You know um, the from Genesis to Revelation, the gospel. It's there. You know it. it we don't we don't reinvent the wheel. You know he already made the wheel. Yeah. yeah, and he continually, like I said before, the scripture isn't just one story. It's a continuous story of Earth's history. Yep. Um, there's nothing new under the sun, as he said. So if you look at scripture as just one story and then you close the book, you've also missed the entire point. Amen. The, the point of the scripture was a manual for life. Yep. And it wasn't just for our life, it was for future lives, it was for future generations. Right. It was meant to uh, be a generation to generation moral compass. Yep. And it, it, it's been severely corrupted into uh, something to force people into certain ideas or ideals and using the scriptures as a weapon than a guide. Um, the scriptures, yes, it says that it's supposed to be a sword to cut marrow to bone, but it was meant to cut people to their very soul. It was meant to change people from the inside out, not to thump them over the head with it and use it to bludgeon people into submission. Uh, and that is uh, one thing that's also sadly happened in the Congregation Universal as the scripture is being used in a weaponary form that it was never intended to be. It was intended to be a structural manual on how to love others, how to care for others, and how to care for ourselves. Um, 
it was not meant to, you know, force other people to change. It was to uh, guide them into uh, changing themselves. Um, you know, there's a lot of movements going on right now which are just detrimental uh, to humanity as a whole. There's the whole I'm offended movement, which uh, has gotten totally ridiculous. And, you know, there's the gay lesbian movement. There's the, you know, there's the, um, you know, the church. Uh, televangelist movement and we have uh, as a congregation universal uh, we have allowed these things into our church we have allowed these ideas into our congregations yes we weren't supposed to condemn somebody to condemnation but at the same time we need to stand true to what the scriptures say and lead people to faith and not accept the sin that they have. Exactly. And that is another thing that has been detrimental to the congregation as a whole, is we have accepted sin into the congregation. Amen. We have accepted it as, this is okay. When it is not okay, we have allowed you know, sexual immorality into the congregation as a whole. Big time. You hear all of these, you know, things between pastors and children. That was never supposed to be. Unheard of. And, you know, you hear of gay lesbian pastors and mm. the Rainbow Church. We are mixing congregational and the truth of the scriptures with sin. Mm -hmm. And scripture was supposed to change a person from the inside out and steer them away from sin. Amen. It was not to accommodate sin within the congregation. Yeah. Amen. He, uh, Yeshua uh, takes away our sin. He doesn't, he, he saves us from our sin. He doesn't save us to continue to sin, you know? Right. And that is uh, one thing I've often seen. Another thing I've often seen as congregations is the minister relies upon his own wisdom and understanding versus, you know, allowing others and delegating his the responsibilities of a congregation to each other's strengths. Uh, you know, it said each person has their own gift in Scripture. Yep. Each person has their own uh, contribution to a ministry. And right. unfortunately, a lot of uh, church leaders now have taken upon the mantle themselves that I have to control everything that I am the authority on in this church. And that is the wrong way of thinking because ultimately it's the Almighty's congregation. It exactly. is not our congregation. 
Amen. It is not our ministry. We are just vehicles uh, being used to spread the, the truth to others. Uh, and a lot of congregational leaders have forgotten that they are just servants themselves. They are not above any standard. In fact, Scripture holds them to a certain standard. Um, and that that's one thing I've seen in congregations that I've been in that I've left because I've attempted to use my vehicles of understanding, my uh, gifting to help a congregation, but the congregational leaders are like, no, this has to be this way. And that is not a way to run a ministry. It cannot only be your way. It has to be the Almighty's way, not your way. Exactly. You have to be listening to the Holy Spirit and surrendered to His will and aligned with His will and not forcing our will. <laughs> That and exactly, and that, that's today, just to stay on that altar of consecration and and let God lead my life and not try to be my own king. It's a daily thing, right? And unfortunately, a lot of pastoral leaders in this day and age have decided that they are the king on the throne, yeah. and they have allowed again the sin into the congregation. They have made the congregation into a, a den of buying and selling. Yep. And, and now there's vipers within your congregation. And you cannot see them if you're not abiding in faith. If you're not abiding in faith, then all these things will creep into the church. Um, I've witnessed churches that ha have even allowed Wiccan people to teach at their congregation. And scary. It, it's just gotten to where people need to remember the root of Scripture is to love one another, to uh, love the Almighty who created you, Amen. who created all things. Um, you know, certain wordings have been lost in scripture. Again, scripture is inerrant in its original form. Um, for instance, uh, when we translated the Ten Commandments, it originally stated in the uh, Senec version of the text, you shall not kill without cause. Now it's just been shortened to you shall not kill. Again, that isn't saying that scripture is wrong. It is because scripture has been transliterated over time. Right. And a lot of people do not understand that uh, certain ideas that we hold as true are true, but there is a more in-depth meaning. Because, again, Scripture has been transliterated over time. So you have to look at the root of Scripture to understanding the meaning of Scripture. 
and you have to abide in the author of scripture in order to even begin to understand what it says. If you are abiding in your own own understanding and you're standing upon your own foundation and saying that you are king and God over your congregation, over other people, then you are your ministry is going to fail. Your life is going to be very detrimental because you are trying to take the Almighty out of the picture. Science and Scripture can unite. Science and geology and Scripture can unite if we understand that the two are the same thing. Science tells what scripture already says. Geology or any other study, ology study, already says what the scripture says. It it affirms scripture. And if we don't use the vehicle of scripture to allow it to affirm other areas of our life, then we will end up so disconnected. And when we become disconnected from the truth, from the author of Scripture, we get to heaven, and he says, Be gone, I never knew you. You did all these things supposedly in my name, but it was not in my name. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. You know, he told them not to do something, and they did it anyway. And then they tried to come up with an excuse as to why they did it. We're doing a similar thing in the congregation today. Oh, well, I allowed this into the congregation. I allowed it to happen because of X, Y, and Z reason. There should be no reason that sin should abide within a congregation. Word. There should be no reason that scripture should be twisted to one's own ideals. Scripture and faith are to abide in the universal morality mm-hmm. found in the heavens. And that is the other thing that people miss. Heaven and hell is not just a place. It is a whole nother dimension of time and space. It is outside of time and space. Hmm. The Almighty created areas, the earth, as its own time and space. Mm -hmm. The heavens as its own time and space. Mm -hmm. Hell as its own time and space. He separated everything for a reason, because it was never supposed to be mixed together. Hmm. He ordered everything in the universe. Everything has a purpose. And that is the other thing that people sorely misunderstand. Chaos has no purpose in faith because chaos is the opposite of the almighty because the almighty 
is the author of uh, order, and there's an order to everything in the universe. Everything mm -hmm. that we see, everything that we understand to be true mm -hmm. is because the Almighty has arranged it that way. Mm -hmm. He arranged the skies. He arranged the seas. He controls the how the earth changes. He allowed for the flood of Noah that changed the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. He allows for certain things to change the earth to continue it in the pattern in which he designed it. Now, that is not to say that he is the author of storm and chaos. Right. He allows those uh, vehicles of evil to use them to make a better way for humanity. Absolutely. Um. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, when it comes to chaos, for instance, um, you know, we see in the scriptures, um, I think it's in, um, in Job where, um, chaos is personified as Leviathan and behemoth, you know, um, and how, uh, we see that God even created, um, I don't want to say chaos, but he, he created the, the well-turned waste ingredients that from which he for from which he ordered the universe and the cosmos and uh, the earth came from those chaotic waters. You know, he formed the earth from those chaotic waters. He formed order. He, he subdued the chaos. We see in other passages of scripture where he split it in two. Or he not split it in two, but he subdued it. He's if I think I'm I'm speaking uh I'm, I think I'm mixing uh, Yeah, he um uh, he made separate places for separate things. Right. So he he, uh, subdues, he subdues the chaos. Uh he and he does it by speaking. He sang the universe into existence. He didn't he didn't like do like in, in these other texts, in these other pagan and and, and uh and uh text from the ancient Near East and the ancient Mediterranean, you have how the, these gods were struggling. The gods were struggling with, with, with chaos or with, with, with these other forces. And they had to do some epic battle in order to win. And they, and it was, a, it took a lot of effort, but for Yahweh, the effort was very simple. It was the work of his fingers. He, he spoke, sang the cosmos into existence created the heavens and the earth yeah and that that's the other thing that people don't understand about uh our creator is that he is not human form mm -hmm. he is energy he is the force of creation uh a lot of people picture him as this kind of old guy in the sky nope. he's not he is the force of the universe and his heavenly beings are his messengers and vehicles by which he keeps everything in balance. Yep. 
we often think, oh, there's this little cherub sitting up on the cloud. <laughs> no, angels, the, the Almighty, uh, the Holy Spirit are all uh, forms of energy. The, the Holy Spirit or the Ruach is the energy of life within a person to give them sight. The Almighty is the force of creation that makes everything into being. The, uh, the angels, the, the messengers of the earth, are his vehicles by which he keeps everything into balance. Uh, a lot of people misunderstand that, and they miss the 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 meaning of you know the scriptures because they misunderstand who he is. He is not an old guy in the sky. He is a force, the force behind creation. He is the force behind the universe. That is why he has always existed. Because he is energy. He is the uh, force of creation. That's why he has always existed. And if we think and construe him as a being in the sky, then we, you know, then, you know, that's why people struggle with how did he always exist? Because they're trying to look at him as he, if he's human. Right. He's not like you and I. He is a force of creation. He is energy. I like the way the Bible project uh, describes God. Also, um, I, I also I'm, I'm I'm also watching Bible project videos often, and uh, I like I like their description too. Uh, they 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 say uh, that God is the beautiful mind behind the universe. The one you know, the beautiful mind that that started and created and, and sustains and orders all this reality. So I, I yeah. Right. For, and uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's what people don't understand is that he is a force. Mm -hmm. He is energy. Um, if you try and look at uh, heavenly beings as, anything but energy if you try and look at them from a humanistic point you will totally miss what is going on uh because as humans we have limitations based on our physical being um the heavenly beings and the almighty do not have those limitations Mm -hmm. They are outside of time and space. They are in their own time and space. Um, and that is why, you know, Satan and his minions have limited authority because they are limited within their own time and space. Right. The Almighty made everything to be limited to what it was designed to do right it's function and if we we try and you know like we've tried in science to create something that was never supposed to exist and we wonder why it's flawed 
it's flawed because it was never supposed to operate that way. You know, um, they wonder why certain hybrids of animals don't survive as long as, you know, anything else. Because mm -hmm. we created a um, animal. We created certain things that weren't supposed to be in existence. Yep. Because we mixed, you know, DNAs and RNAs and all this other stuff. And we tried to become gods. But we can never be gods because we are stuck within our own physical limitations. Yep. The Almighty, on the other hand, is a spiritual force that can manipulate atoms and yep. all this other stuff because he can work within the integral being of things. Yeah. Or as as uh as Yeshua said to uh the woman at the well, God is spirit. And those who Yeah, work, he is spirit yeah. and therefore you have to look at it that way. And if you know, we as human beings try and create things of our own volition. Like, you know, there's been scientists that have tried to create things. Uh, there's been, you know, advances which I don't exactly agree with, with creating uh, uh, life inside of a sack in the laboratory. Right. And it was never intended nope. to be that way. And that is why a lot of these scientifical experiments fail. Because they are trying to play God, where God uh, is the author of creation. And if you try and bypass the author of creation, then of course the creation is going to fail. It's not a creation at that point. It's more of a, it's a, it's a corruption or a manipulation or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not the intended design. No. And that, that is another thing. A lot of believers and that they're like, Oh, well, it, it's gotta be God because he, he wouldn't allow this. Um, you forget that there's also evil. There's also Satan. Yep. And he can manipulate people's minds and, you know, whisper in their ear and get them to think that they can do things that um, is not within the alignment of creation. Amen. He did it in the Garden of Eden. Yep. He did it during the time of Noah. Hmm. Um, with the Nephilim. Yep. Big time. So, you know, it's always been good versus evil. Evil will always exist in some form or fashion. Whether it be subdued to 
a realm of its own, or whether it is openly prevalent on the earth, uh, the Almighty separated darkness from light for a reason. Yep. Because darkness will always exist in some form or fashion. Right now, evil exists in the form of hell. Hell is its own dimension mm -hmm. of time and space. And the Almighty confined it to that time and space. Why? Because he understood that it could not be fully destroyed because it has been there from the beginning. Right. Uh, evil has been there from the beginning. Evil is darkness. And darkness was there from the beginning. So what you can do is you can confine the darkness. You can uh, manipulate the darkness to where uh, the darkness no longer has as much of a hold. I have a question about, um, this is just my question about that, um, about like, let's say um, hell, for instance, or uh, Gehenna in the scriptures. I'm not talking about Hades, like the, the temporary holding place, but I'm talking about Gehenna, the lake of fire. Um, there are so many different views on that. Three, I think three or four prevalent view views where one is eternal conscious torture or torment. The other is annihilation, where there is just destruction and then it ceases to exist. Um, and the other is um, more of a purgation or a or a, what's it called um, a refine a refiner's fire, pretty much, where um, the, the 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 works are burnt up and then the person's ready for union with God. Those are the three different views that I'm aware of. That the main views of of um, of the lake of fire. So the view that I understand from scripture and from studying scripture is that it, hell is a place of consistent separation from the almighty you cannot work your way back up to heaven mm -hmm. i mean they show in scripture that there is a void between heaven and hell and that mm -hmm. void is the void of time and space um hell is its own time and space heaven is its own time and space they're in separate dimensions of time and space mm -hmm. and i believe based on what i have studied that uh hell is a place where you are constantly tormented of your own failings in life uh you diso disobeyed the scriptures, you may have had a chance to understand and know the Almighty, but you turned away from him. Mm -hmm. So hell is a place uh, in a separate dimension whereby people are essentially being constantly reminded of their own failings. Um, now, whether or not a person, because you, you got to understand that um, 
nothing can be created nor just you know nothing can be destroyed mm-hmm. and energy is energy mm-hmm. so it has to go somewhere right so it goes to a separate dimension kind of like a holding place um and i'm you know it, or it's held in heaven now i'm under the understanding that you can't once you, the spirit goes into hell, it can't get into heaven right. directly. But what I do understand is that people are born and die every day. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't fully understand the, the ideas of, you know, birth and life. How does that happen? How does a soul get from let's say heaven or hell or wherever it is being stored to another mm-hmm. human being right we don't fully understand how that works i do know that they are held for a certain time in a certain place mm-hmm. whether or not the almighty chooses to release that spirit to maybe redeem itself in another life I don't know, because uh, scripture is kind of quiet on certain things. Of course. And we can guess, we can guesstimate, uh, but there are some mysteries of the universe that we will never fully understand in this life. Wow. Now, I will say that, you know, somebody, you know, um, I mean, it, it's just a mystery of death and life. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, how does, you know, uh, how does, I believe that all living things have a soul to a certain extent. Um, they may not have a conscious soul, but mm-hmm. they have the breath of life within them. Mm-hmm. Because how else will a dog or a cat or anything else function unless they have a a soul that gives them life? Right. Because without a soul, there is no life. Do you think that expla- that ex- that extends to plant life, or is that just limited to animal life? Or well, it it was understood in the Garden of Eden that they cared for the animals and the plants. Mm-hmm. So I think that Mm -hmm. uh, plants may have a a certain amount of life force to them. Right. Um, I don't believe that animals and plants have the same life force as humans. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I do believe that um, as going back to the Garden of Eden, they cared for animals and plants. Right. So there obviously had to be some sort of uh understanding that plants and animals and humans all had some sort of being or soul. You know, we have a conscious being. We can think and act. Right, you know, an animal has a, a different kind of soul that mm-hmm. allows it to function. Plants mm-hmm. have their own... um uh constructed 
you know, way of being. Um, everything has its own constructed way of being. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I think that, you know, you know, everything has its own way of being. Now, it is misconstrued in many religions, in Wicca, and different other uh, unchristian, unfaith-bounded things. It is misconstrued as to what those parameters of being are. But everything has a being. Everything has a purpose and an existence. Exactly. Yeah, God made everything on purpose. There are no accidents to God. No, and, you know, that's the thing, is people don't understand that the Earth itself is a living, breathing organism. I mean, the Native Americans had uh, a few things going the wrong way. But they understand, stood like the Essenes and Brians, that the Earth was a living organism. And that, you know, we as humanity have not respected the Earth as I think we should. Um, We have, you know, abused it and used it. And... You know, there's consequences to that, to not using the resources that the Almighty provided in the fashion for which it was provided. Um, You know, plants provide oxygen. Uh, They filter out the carbon monoxide. And if you take away those, a lot of those plants without replanting another one in its place, of course, it's going to have an effect on the ecosystem as a whole. Because, again, the Earth is a living organism. And we are living beings within that living organism. Um, and everything has a way of being. That is how the Almighty created it. Yeah, it, it um, you know, what you're saying brings to mind certain passages in Scripture where for instance, um, God speaking to uh, ancient Israel, saying that that um, if they don't if they, if they don't stay loyal to Him and keep the covenant, the land's going to spit them out. The land is going to spit them out. And um, you know where you have uh, Paul uh, the apostle um, saying that the earth groans in in pain. Um, you know, uh, so. The earth is groaning. Uh, you have other passages in scripture where it talks about, um, and the, there are certain there are certain ones where it uses uh, it uses different different uh, ways of uh, poetically speaking of the earth in 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 in, in metaphors and whatnot, and uh, like the uh, mountains, like or like the 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 trees clapping and the uh, the mountains skipping like rams and like lambs and the rivers clap or oh, the rivers clapping their hands, something to that effect. I'm, 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 I'm not quoting it directly. But yeah. That, that uh, is, and I think is, he uses those metaphors for a reason. 
mm-hmm. because they're not yeah they're kind of funny they're kind of weird like mm-hmm. you know a tree can't clap okay we all mm-hmm. understand that um but he was conveying the idea that the earth is a living organism right and each thing within the earth is its own living organism. Animals, insects, humans, we're all living organisms within a bigger organism. And we as humans have forgotten that fact that we are just a part of this organism. We have gotten to think that we are the king and the ruler of this organism. And that is not the case. That is why the Earth constantly keeps itself in balance. Um, You know, that is why scripture describes in Revelation certain things happening. Mm -hmm. That's why the flood happened. Mm -hmm. The Earth... Uh, the Almighty allows the Earth to do certain things to keep itself in balance. Uh, you know, it may shift the Earth or shift the plates of the Earth or, you know, whatever. The Earth has its own way of maintaining itself. And if humans are in the way of it maintaining itself, well, you know, that's just the way it is. Because we are living organisms on living on the earth with with which is its own organism. Yeah, and something that comes to mind as you're describing that whole balance. Um if I could remember it correctly. I was it was right here on the tip of my tongue and I forgot. Um it had to do with oh yeah, the earth, and not just the earth, but Every everything, every created thing that hasn't rebelled, which is the majority, is loyal to God. The earth is loyal to God. The 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 earth worships God. The rocks, you know, will cry out if we don't. Um, you know, so and we as human beings, the majority of us are still disloyal to God. And um, so we sadly we don't deserve to be preserved, but out of God's mercy, he intervened through Messiah, through Yeshua, sent him to on a rescue mission to, to, to lay his life down in our place for our sins, die in our place and, and rise from the dead, overcoming every, every barrier that we would ever have to the father. And, um, and so going and back to the I'm earth, not saying that people should become tree huggers or something to that extreme, but we should have a certain amount of reverence for yeah. the earth mm-hmm. because the earth is its own organism created by the force of the universe. Yep. Uh he created the stars, the planets, earth. Uh, that force of creation created all of it in its own balance. And again, the, the heavenly messengers, the angels, they, they have delegated um, responsibilities to help the Almighty keep it all in balance. Right. Um, 
you know, and that is one thing that the Native Americans understood, the Essenes, the Brians understood, was that there was a balance to everything, and there was a reverence of the earth, and there was, you know, the Native Americans, Essenes, and Brians all understood that they were minuscule in comparison to um, the earth as a whole. Uh, they all knew that they were only parts of the earth. They knew that, you know, everything in the earth would expire away except for their reverence of the creator. Uh, the Native Americans called him the All-Father. Um, you know, the Essenes called him by other names. Uh, the Heavenly Father, the Earthly Mother, um, but it all pointed to the same thing. They had reverence for the Earth and for the Creator. Um, whatever names they used to describe him, they understood that reverence. And that is one thing we as believers need to return to, is the reverence of the Creator and his creation. Hmm. Because we are only a small part of this organism. And if we think that we are a larger part of this organism or that we are higher than God, then we will live a very sad and short existence. A very selfish, self-centered, loveless, joyless existence at that. Right. And uh, that that's mainly uh, what I have to say today is to remember that we are only a small part of this organism. We are only a small part of this earth. And we only have a certain amount of life on this earth. What we choose to do with that is what uh, gives us an everlasting legacy or a temporary legacy. Amen. The choice is ours. What are we going to do with it, right? Right. So that's pretty much all I have for you and your viewers today is just to remember to give reverence where it is due. Amen. And to remember the root of Scripture is to love one another, to love his creation, and to love the Father. Amen. Amen, brother. Hey, I really, really appreciate you sharing your thoughts today and, you know, scriptural thoughts. Um, that's the title of this uh uh, podcast is ruck thoughts because every time I go on a hike or a workout, it's I want to commune with God. I want I want to be alone with God and and just uh, get my thoughts from Him. And most of the time, a great way that that I found to do that, you know, going out in nature, but also bringing Scripture along, like an audio Bible. That's what I do. Just bring an audio Bible and just get alone with God in, in nature and just go. And, um, or, 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 you know, go for a walk or something that that's what I do. I'm not saying everybody can do that, especially if you have a medical condition or whatever, but just 
get out in nature, uh, get alone with God, with Yahweh, uh, and listen to his Holy Spirit as you're listening to his word and just commune with him. And um, that's, for me, that that's that's huge. And, um, and you know, we, we don't always see the immediate results. It's a lifelong process of meditating on his word and of abiding in his word in Christ in Messiah. Yeah. And that that's, you know, the understanding I have today is after, you know, being a part of faith since 19 and continually studying his Mm -hmm. word, the ancient texts, the uh, scenes, the Brians I've even studied uh, some of the native American thought, Mm-hmm. Because they all understood and had a reverence for the creator mm-hmm. and his creation. Right. Yeah, they, they sure did. And, um, you know, even in Acts 17, where the Apostle Paul is speaking to the people on Mars Hill, and he's, he's saying how they even have an, an inscription to an unknown God. And what they worshipped as unknown, he told them. Who's that unknown God that they're that they're worshiping without even knowing? It's Yahweh. It's it's the God of the Bible, the one who who uh, sent His one of a kind Son, God the Son, to incarnate, to uh, to and the one who God whom God appointed as Judge of the living and the dead. That is the one who they they've been searching for, groping around blindly the whole time for and. Uh, you know, he, yeah, and that's uh, that's the other thing that the Essenes, the Brians, and Native Americans understood was to live one with the nature, to live one with the Almighty. Mm-hmm. You know, they they use a lot of in like Native American cultures, they use a lot of herbalism, uh, using the natural resources of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't to say that pharmaceutical means don't have their uh, their way. Right. Because pharmaceuticals use certain elements of the earth too to you know create medicines, um, but you know we just have to return to the root of loving one another, loving the Father, and giving right. reverence to the Father and to His creation. Yeah, being in awe. You know, we we we, right. we don't we don't live in all these days of God and what He's done. We just go about with very narrow tunnel vision and miss everything. And we think that we can uh, have scientific babies and uh, these uh, hybrids and. Uh, we can create things uh, in a way that it wasn't designed to be, but we can still do it because we're, you know, we're the rulers of the earth, mm-hmm. which isn't the w- correct way of thinking. That is why I say again, a lot of scientific uh, experiments fail because mm-hmm. they fail to account for the force of creation. Right. They try to bypass the the force of creation. They're 
they're missing the point and we we all do this but like this is a when we are not aware when we are not um when we when we don't give god our focus when we are not aware of him aware of his presence when we are not giving heed to his word his scripture that he's written for us to read and and listen to um we we are in danger of of living that way by default and um of being our own king our our, our and and thinking that we can do what he did and we don't even understand bro we're not we're not god we're not we're not infinite we are not transdimensional we are not we are not holy you know <laughs> only he can do that and when we realize when we get to that place we're able to start over with him you know um yeah and that isn't to say that you know modern medicine doesn't have its place Mm-hmm. Not to say that hospitals and vaccines and all that don't have its place, mm-hmm. but we have to be careful to balance met- modern medicine with God's intention. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I I believe that God gave us human wisdom from 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 the Creator. He gave us wisdom to solve problems. And like, you know, medicine, for instance, uh, herbal and, uh, you know, using nature and also uh, taking elements of nature and making like pharmaceuticals. I, I don't I don't I, I take I take medicine for my brain. So I can't you know, I, I wear glasses, you know, so I can't knock Western medicine. But, um, you know, going back to it, uh, I wanted to correct myself because when I was when I was uh, a little excited, I said, we're not holy. Yeah in a sense, we're not God. We're not, we're not, we're not holy. uh, We're not holy, holy, holy the way God is, but he does make us holy in Christ in Messiah. And we are called holy ones, Kedushim. And um, so, you know, in, in Messiah, apart from him, we can do nothing. There is nothing. We have nothing, but in, in Messiah, we are holy and we get to experience life the way he intended it to live life, the way he intended it to as, as, as the human beings, as the- yeah, and that—that's what I want to really close with is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that—that's what my whole message today is to return to the roots of scripture, return to the roots of faith, mm-hmm. and to understand not to mix the world with faith, right? Not to mix sin with the congregation. Mm. Um, we need to return to the root of faith amen and who is the root the root of david that's yeshua and he spoke and we have it written down so amen brother so So. that is all i have for you and your viewers today and i hope it was uh helpful and insightful um, I really, really appreciate it, brother. Thank you even for taking the time to do this. Like 100%, bro. Thank you. Hey, um, yes. All oh, right. Well, you all have a blessed afternoon, evening. Would, and yeah. uh, I'm going to let you all go now. Hey, if you don't mind, would would you would you be down for me just reading Psalm 19 real quick? Do you have, do you have a minute? If you don't, it's fine. Yeah. Cool. Because this is, this is going along with what we're talking about here. 
um, this is from the Brian study Bible. I like this version. Um, they're trying to get, they're trying to use more of the Dead Sea Scrolls and, uh, and, and just be as accurate as they can with the, with the, with the, uh, passage or with each individual, um, word that they're translating and in, in context. Um, anyway, here we go. So this is Psalm 19 and let, let's, let's, let's pray this to God. As we're listening, we are praying these words to God. This is our prayer to father in Jesus name, by the power of his Holy spirit. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they put they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Without speech or language, without a sound to be heard, their voice has gone out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, like a bridegroom emerging from his chamber like a champion rejoicing to run its, his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and it runs its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, being altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them indeed your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Sorry, in keeping them is great reward. Who can discern his own errors? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Yeshua's name. Amen. I mean, well, you all have a blessed afternoon and evening. And... Uh... All you right. as well. Take care, brother, and we'll be in touch. Let me go ahead and end the All call. right. Take care. Take care.